<laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. I have a very important and very exciting show today. Did you know just dropping something like an aspirin on the floor can be very dangerous for your kitty? Yep, it's true. And I have a special guest, so I am excited to introduce her to all of you. We'll be right back after this break. Hi, it's me again, Michelle Fern, host of Catitude. You know what I love? My cats. I love how Molly jumps on the back of my chair when I'm working at my desk. You know what I don't love? Cleaning up Molly's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to have with me on my show today, Dr. Bernadine Cruz. She is not only an amazing veterinarian, but she is the host of the very popular show on Pet Life Radio called The Pet Doctor, and she was our very first vet show. Welcome, Dr. Bernadine. Well, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun now to be the interviewee instead of the interviewer. So I have to say I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, I'm sure you'll rock. You've only been doing these shows since what, 2008? (laughs) 2008. It's been a while and it's been so much fun. And I love the fact that, you know, you and I and everyone else that's on this platform is such a great way of having some edutainment, educating and entertaining at the same time. Yes, that's one of the things I love about Pet Life Radio is that there's so many talented people and they're communicating such valuable information that it's astonishing the wealth of information that we have. If you know you have this wrong or that wrong or whatever, go to Pet Life Radio, look it up. Let's tell everybody that maybe my you know on my audience on Catitude might not have heard of the Pet Doctor. What is your show about? The Pet Doctor gives it away a little, but what's your show about? I really want to make sure that pet owners are aware of some of the new breaking innovations, questions, topics, issues that come up. So one of the recent shows we had, and if people have dogs, and it can also affect cats, is so many people are feeding grain-free foods, for instance. It's been foods that have been touted to be much more healthful for you than feeding a pet that has corn, wheat, or soy. And for some pets, that may be absolutely true, but a lot of it started off as a marketing ploy. There was a need for a new niche in pet foods because there were so many good foods out there. So some of the early companies said, what can we do? I know, let's do grain-free. So 
People have been advertised to like crazy saying that, ah, grain-free is going to be much healthier for a pet. And now they're finding many years later that there's not a true cause and effect at this point, but there's a lot of questions about grain-free and a particular type of heart muscle condition known as dilated cardiomyopathy. And there are some breeds that it's quite common to see it, and it's not a super common disease, but in that breed, not unusual. But seeing it in golden retrievers and German shepherds, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, why is this happening? So board certified veterinary cardiologist, because we all like to talk to each other, said, you know, I'm seeing it in this dog. and Oh, I'm seeing it in this dog, and this is unusual, and what's going on? So they collaborated and found a commonality and brought it to the FDA's attention are grain-free foods. So they're doing lots of research. Again, it's not exact cause and effect, but I personally are telling my clients until we know more is to feed foods that have grains in them. And again, unless your pet's sensitive to it, it's just a lot safer. And then new diseases that are coming out or new treatments that are there. So try to keep it cutting in. And it's a great way for me to stay current on what's going on in veterinary affairs because I get to do some learning at the same time. Exactly. And what you were mentioning with grain-free foods, that's true for cats as well. Yes, you're right. So it happens and we don't know exactly why, but we're watching very closely. Well, that's great information to know. And today we're going to talk about kind of something different, but something very important. As cat owners, cat parents, one of the things I think that happens, you know, in households, that's a common thing, you know, taking your vitamins, you're taking an aspirin, you drop it on the floor, and you think, oh, shoot, I can't find it. No big deal. But cats are curious by nature. And I've done a lot of reading on this, but I'm not a veterinarian. You are, so you have much more knowledge on this. What are the dangers of, say, if I drop an ibuprofen or acetaminophen on the floor and I can't find it and my cat plays with it or bites it? Thankfully, most cats are not as crazy as dogs. Dogs love to eat first, think later. So they have a competition on a yearly basis amongst veterinarians to send in radiographs, x-rays of the dog ate what? And you look at some of these x-rays and it's like, oh my goodness, that's impossible. Wait, you don't have x-rays of cats of eating strange things? Oh yes, but it's usually dogs. Dogs are much more likely to eat things they're not supposed to. Speaking about cats that eat things that they're not supposed to, today at my practice, a pet owner that I've known forever super nice kitties, indoor cats, but he has a little patio and lets the cats out onto the patio. He's in a condo situation. There's many pine trees that are around his property and they're always dropping their pine needles onto his deck. And this one kitty has decided that this is really fun to chew on. So you really can't let the cat chew on it. And he tries. He goes out there and he's always picking up these pine needles and periodically all of a sudden this cat will poop out a pine needle and it's like, all right, a pine needle or two, we'll see what happens, we'll be okay. He'd been noticing that the cat's been losing weight gradually over the last couple of months. The cat, he just came back from vacation, kitty sitter was there, cat's barely pooping, looks like it's hungry, hardly eating anything. Came in, took a feel of its belly, and it's just this huge, hard upper portion of the abdomen where the stomach is located. Actually, this kitty was seen today by one of my colleagues. We took some radiographs, x-rays, and the stomach was huge. 
said, well, it's a young cat. Possibility, maybe it's just super filled with pine needles. That would be crazy. Or it could be a tumor or maybe ate a rubber ducky or there's something there we need to take a look at. And the quickest way of finding out is doing an exploratory surgery. So blood work looked normal, did the exploratory surgery, and my colleague pulled out, it must have been about a cup and a half to two cups of pine needles that were just jammed in this kitty's stomach. So everything else, thankfully, looked great. All of it's removed. The stomach, thankfully, hadn't been perforated. So we're hoping tonight we've offered this honey some food. We're babysitting overnight at the hospital that in the morning our food is eaten. We're feeling good. And the kitty can go, start eating again normally. So And he'll never let the cat out onto the balcony again. So yes, sometimes cats will eat things they're not supposed to. I'm always concerned because my two cats at home, I drop something. It's like, oh, these squirrels may just see it, play with it, stick it in their mouth. And it could be devastating. So you're right. Aspirin can be very problematic. For years, it was the only thing that veterinarians had for pain. But I always have to let my pet owners know, cat owners know, dogs are more like little people. Cats are their own strange, unique little honeys. So we can almost treat a dog like little people, but definitely not cats. They have a very unique metabolism. So cats would maybe get a little bit like a baby aspirin for certain conditions, and that would be every 72 hours versus dogs. Oftentimes, it's going to be once a day, but I would never recommend without a pet owner talking to their veterinarian to give any of our own medications to them because something like naproxen that you and I could take for a bad back, naproxen is almost 100% fatal for dogs and definitely would be for cats. Wow. That's really interesting. I've heard ibuprofen can be very fatal too, just even a very small amount. You are exactly right. So though we may be tempted to save a little money and give some of the medications that we have at home or our own medications or it's your dog's medication, you want to give it to a cat or even a medication that's prescribed for one cat and you want to do it for another. I never mind if one of my clients calls me and said, you know, doc, I'm seeing such and such signs in fluff. Can I give Zim's medication to fluff? It's like, oh, yes or no, but I'd always rather be asked than somebody to call me afterwards going, I gave X, going, oh, I wish you had called me. Not a good idea. Come right on in. Very good advice. What about if you drop your vitamins? I do this, seem to do this all the time. I take a vitamin D and, you know, it's a pretty little uh, liquid gel type of, um, uh, it's shiny. So I always worry that if I drop it and I can't find it, it's going to get my cat's attention because it's kind of, you know, it has a little spark, right, a little sparkle. It's nice looking. And I can hit it with my paw and it runs all over and I can play with it and stick it in my mouth. It is probably always best if you tend to drop some of your stuff every once in a while and it may be a vitamin and it could be no big deal or it may be a medication, a heart medication, and that could have deadly side effects. You may say, okay, I am going to take my medication, I have all my meds and I'm going to take it in the bathroom and my cats aren't allowed in that room. So you plug up the sink, you take your medications, and if you drop something, all right, get on the floor, 
look with your you know, magnifying glass, get your flashlight out, find that medication. It may be behind you know, some piece of furniture, but really look for it because you'd say, oh, my cat's never going to find it. They're sneaky little devils. They can find all sorts of things. I'm always having clients come in saying, oh, they had some rat bait. They had behind the refrigerator. It was way, way in the back there. No way their cat or dog could ever get to it. And then all of a sudden it's like, where did that trap come from? I hid it a year ago. How did they find it? They can. If you think it's hard to childproof a house, pet proofing a house is even worse. So get on the floor. Get your flashlight if necessary. Get your magnifying glass. If you can't find it, close that room off until you can get some other eyes to help find it. Bring out the vacuum cleaner. Do whatever you need to do, but find those medications. Great advice. Okay, we're going to have more great info for you right after this break. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free at Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Dr. Bernadine Cruz. She is the show host of our very popular show, The Pet Doctor. And we're talking about all kinds of great information about what not to give your cat as far as any over-the-counter medications or, you know, aspirins, nothing like that. So, Dr. Bernadine, here's something I've wondered. And I know we talked about how dogs are like more like little people and cats are their own, their own little funky selves. But what about, are there any medications that like you said, baby aspirin might be okay. Like what if you're, you can't get to a hospital or you're in, you're in the middle of nowhere, or are there any things that you can take with you as just in case? Like I know for, for instance, dogs can take the pink stuff. What is the pink stuff or Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Thank you. I know that dogs the can take stuff. Pepto-Bismol yes. in the tablet form if their stomachs are upset. Cats don't seem to really get as much upset stomachs. They mostly get hairballs. But they can still get upset tummies, but you're right. Usually it's hairballs, but um, maybe it ate something or it could have whatever reason for having the heartbreak of diarrhea. So you might be tempted to use something like Pepto-Bismol. Well, Pepto-Bismol actually has bismuth in it, and it has an aspirin-like compound. So giving Pepto-Bismol to your cat can be toxic. So I don't recommend doing that. There are some other over-the-counter GI medications that you can use, but oftentimes a bland diet is going to be much more safe to use than over-the-counter medications. And you're right, cats are very unique little creatures. And basically, most over-the-counter medications that we could use for a dog can't be used for a cat. So you might find that you have an itchy pet. 
So you have an itchy kitty and you really don't think it's fleas. Maybe it's a little bit of allergies and you want to use some medication. Well, again, the safest thing to always do is call your veterinarian. A medication such as Benadryl, you can give to a cat. A kitty is going to be getting a small amount, actually a higher dose than you and I would take per pound. So this is one of the few medications that is going to be at a higher dose versus a lower dose. And they get about a milligram per pound. So a 10-pound kitty is basically going to get a child's dose of Benadryl. And a child's dose is usually about 12.5 milligrams. But other things like Zyrtex or Claritin that you might consider giving, the formulations can be different. You and I may take an extended type of Claritin. And that for a cat is not good because of the components make it up. Claritin, for instance, is used not so much for an itchy cat, but for some of these inflammatory bowel diseases that kitties can have. And the dosing frequency is going to be different too. I'll always say, and this is a good thing for people to keep on hand, is if there's a question, there are some sites on the internet that you can go to. Pet Poison Helpline is one that I love and I will refer to a lot. I've had them on my The Pet Doctor show several times. ASPCA has a wonderful site that you can go to. Now, it's not free, but you would have board-certified veterinary toxicologists and criticalists that'll get on the line with you and say, oh, all right, it got into this medication. How big is your cat? How much do you think it got into? What signs are you seeing? And they can guide you in doing some triage medicine as to, oh, your kitty's probably going to be okay or no. You need to see a veterinarian ASAP, and if they're in your middle of Iowa and there is not an emergency clinic close by, they can guide you as to what types of treatments you can provide at home until you can get to your veterinarian in the morning. That's great, great advice. Now, what about, besides we've talked about different medications and I've talked a little bit about this on other shows, but it's always nice to get more information. What would you say for us as being cat lovers, most of us out there, you know, want two or more or, you know, I think you said that cats are like potato chips you can't have, <laughs> right? Didn't Wasn't that your quote? Oh, I actually, somebody came up with it, but I stole it a long time ago. I love that saying. Yes, cats are like potato chips. You can't have just one. Yes, yes. And it just grows. What kinds of things around your house household should you never have if you have cats? I know there's a lot, but maybe the top two or three that you could think of. I am not a real good plant person in the house. So having certain house plants, you know, mine are now all silk plants, I have to admit. And several years ago, sadly, one of my kitties went to heaven and my staff here at the hospital was so kind, they sent me some flowers. And in this floral arrangement were lilies. And I love lilies, the way they smell and look, etc. Lilies are so highly, highly toxic to cats that just even a little bit of the pollen from their stamens, if they get it on their fur and they lick their fur, 
it can cause irreversible kidney damage. So you really look around the house to see what plants are there because most of us will have indoor kitties. And indoor kitties go, I would like something nice to nibble on, something that's nice and green and fresh and a little bit of roughage. So I love growing kitty grass or kitty marijuana catnip for them. And it's easy to do, and that can be in the house, and that's one thing that I don't kill, and I can have it on my patio where my cats have access to it. But otherwise, look around the house, and if you're not sure, you can go to the Pet Poison Helpline, type in what plant is there, especially if one kitty likes to chew on, and you may find that some of these things are toxic. It can be toxic where it just causes an upset tummy, but some of them can also be, sadly, dead kitty, and we don't want that. Some of the cleaners that we might use around the house, the pine sol type cleaners, there are ingredients in there that if you put a little extra on the floor, it's damp, the cat walks across it. Sometimes it can be an irritant to the paw, but if the cats lick it, that can be toxic. What else can be toxic you around know the house? I want to mention something because we did something and not realizing, but there was something on one of the, um, an area rug and we used the sprinkling carpet cleaner mm-hmm. and it was for pets and vacuumed it up. But sure enough, next day, one cat sneezing, then the other cat sneezing, eyes are tearing. And I thought it must have been that because even though it says it's for pets, it's not good for pets. And they both have Sometimes like- it can just be an irritant. You're right. It's just, it's not going to kill them. But here's this little baby whose noses are so close to the rug where you put it. It's like, oh, oh this is bugging my nose. You know, and they're sneezing like crazy. So toxic and irritating may not be exactly the same. But when your baby is in distress, that's enough. Right. And eyes itching and eyes mm-hmm. they were swelling up. So maybe it was in something like that. I don't, but it was just bizarre. And so you were saying pine sol is not good. Those types of cleaners can be problematic. Medications, of course, we know to keep that out of the way. Rat bait, some of those can really be problems. Uh, I really save the word hate for things that I really, really detest. And ants are way high on that list. So living in Southern California, certain times of the year, I will all of a sudden have an ant attack in the house and they'll get into my second story and they're crawling. It seems like through the plumbing, it's like, really guys? You know, there's stuff that you can eat outside. Stay out of the house. So trying to put down either ant spray, ant base, whatever there is out there, you need to be so cautious because of those products, those kitties can step in it. They can be very irritating to their tummies. Again, it may not be to the point of death, but you have to be cautious. Even some of the flea and tick products that we use, you may be able to use it on your dog, but not on the cat. Some of them, when you put it on a dog, it needs to be dry. Some people have dogs and cats that love to snuggle with each other. And if you use a topical that is only meant for dogs and your kitty tends to snuggle before it's totally dry, that can get on the cat and be very toxic to the kitty. So read labels, if in doubt, ask your veterinarian, is this safe for my cat to be around? That is such great, great information. Thank you so much. So do you have, besides um, the pet doctor, where else can my audience see you or find out more about all this great information that you have? 
I think sometimes a great site to go to is the American Veterinary Medical Association, avma.org. And great information for pet owners. There's a lot of brochures that you can download. You want to talk about cancer or Spain or arthritis or Lyme disease, heartworm disease. There's just a plethora of different articles. There's videos that you can watch, good information. And then I always say the person who knows your pet best right next to you is going to be your own veterinarian. So make sure you take your pet in at least once a year for a good physical examination, even if it seems to be 100%. I love when I can have just a wellness exam, a preventive medicine exam, and we say, yep, you're right. Everything looks good. But there's sometimes when all of a sudden with a stethoscope, I can hear a heart murmur that people aren't aware of. We'd never heard it before. We can do some early preventive diagnostic work and go, you know, not an issue now, but we're going to take, you know, an ear and an eye on this and really keep a close watch on it before something becomes catastrophic and we're playing a catch-up game. So get that pet in at least once a year for a good wellness exam. When your pet starts getting mature, getting some baseline blood work. When it comes back normal, just like you and I going into your doctor, you have some blood work done or we get a mammogram done and it comes back normal. Instead of going, why did I spend all this money? Because it's normal. I do the happy dance and going, woohoo, I beat the odds one more time. (laughs) Yes, I just did a wellness. So yes, I'm always glad when I come back, the numbers are where they're supposed to be. And, you know, happy dance time. That's right. Well, Dr. Bernadine, thank you so much for coming on Catitude and sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Everyone, you can hear Dr. Bernadine Cruz on The Pet Doctor on Pet Life Radio. Awesome. Well, thank you. That was fun. Okay, that was one of my most informative shows. That was just a plethora of great information. So Dr. Bernadine mentioned some great sites to check out. I highly advise it because there's always more you can know. And the more you know, the safer your kitty is. And, you know, knowledge is power, right? I'd like to thank um, my guest, Dr. Bernadine Cruz, for coming on Catitude. Thanks to my cat crew, Dennis and Molly and Charlotte and Sammy and Jethro and Jazz that comes to visit sometimes. And thanks, of course, to my wonderful producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. And especially my wonderful, fabulous audience out there listening to Catitude. Thank you so much. You keep us. Catitude is one of the most popular cat shows and you give me great ideas all the time about what to feature and you know, different topics and I love that. Now stay tuned because we have some exciting topics coming up real soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.